impression again we get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life if you're good enough go out and get it no more about it Your mother sends you down to the shop for pounds worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, and Shawnee Buckley to do that to Tommaso Shea. He deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about it. They made all the run that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? Sympathy in this game for anybody. Hello, and you're very welcome to another episode of Treaty Talk, episode 265, I should say, uh, with myself, Tom Clancy, and the evergreen Matt O'Callaghan from the Weekly Observer and Vale Stars newspapers. A reminder that all GA coverage on Sporting Limit is in association with Knowles Menswear. Check out Knowles.ie for the latest offers this January. Uh, Mass. We were speaking last week about the Limerick Herders and we were talking about uh, their game was deferred uh, when we were talking and now it has been consigned to the history books and not in terms of playing, it has been discarded and uh, it won't be played. Limerick versus Cork, Munster League, consigned to the dustbin really. Yeah, well, I, I, I suppose it's it's quite obviously that the elements didn't look too kindly on the Munster scene or hurling league because... Um, it has it has now failed to, to get going for three different reasons. First of all, it was dense fog, then it was a hard frost, and then it was storm Isha. So, like there was hardly anything else that could come to impede it other than what eventually called halt to it was um of course fitting it into the calendar, you know. Um uh, and I could see straight away when I heard it was called off last Sunday. You know, in my tiny little head, I couldn't um, figure out where um, it would be accommodated, especially with that very important game that Limerick have next next Sunday with Tipperary in the um, in the um, uh, Dylan Quirk um, uh, Foundation game. And um, if 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 the Munster Council could get a guarantee, probably that Cork would win it. They could have probably chance playing it on on Tuesday or Wednesday night evening, but um, such are the vagaries of sport. They had to make provision for the possibility of Limerick winning and Limerick having then to play a final. But to a certain degree, um, I I feel a bit for Waterford in this case. Um, Now, the Waterford side of the group started earlier because I think it was played on the 2nd of January. Um, which, when they went which, to carry and, and won the match, and they subsequently beat um, beat Tipperary. So, and I think it's, I think it's near. It was their first time getting to the final of the competition. I'd say nearly in ten years, Tom. I I I, I think in its present incarnation, I don't think they got to the final. I think the last time they got to the final, it was appropriately named. I think the Waterford Crystal Tournament. Right. So yeah. I feel for Waterford for a certain to a certain degree, but. It calls into question um, the wisdom of these competitions, and you know the the proponents of it, you know, of persevering with them are are you know out in number at the moment. But um, 
you must you must recall that just late last year that the GPA um, voted very very strongly to abolish these competitions. Yeah. So you 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 just wonder what the future of these competitions are. But they are what they are at the moment. But it's it's disappointing. No question about it. You know, if a tournament goes unfinished, it's disappointing. Just our competition, especially at the county level, if for some reason it, it, it has to be abandoned sort of in midstream. And just like, you know, not finishing a championship in a calendar year. Um, if, if you county final or county semi-final goes into the next year, um, you know, it... it it hacks back to the, the 1920s when it was commonplace when an All-Ireland final might be played two years after it was due to play. The 21 final, I think, was played in 1923. That sort of thing, you know. But there were different times. But it's dis it's disappointing. And I, I, I think from a Cork and Limerick point of view, what will probably be more so for Cork will be disappointing that they that they the competitive game, as competitive game perhaps or maybe two competitive games before they face Clare in the opening round of the National League and Limerick before they would face Antrim. Now the, the, the league takes on a, diff, a, a sort of a different importance this year Tom in that you know there, there was this kind of thing there for the last few years um, you win one match and you're safe and um, that's not the case this year because it's the top three in, in the groups will we'll go through to Division 1 next year. And like that, the fourth team in each group then will play off for the seventh place. Um, I can't get my head around why we have groups of seven. I cannot get the logic of it, I have to say. I have seen explanations, but to me, none of them hold water. You know? is, it, is it a case that there's a team coming up? I, I, I'm not overly familiar with this new format. Is there a team coming up to make it eight, or is it just... No, 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 no. It's, it's groups seven. of seven. Okay, groups of seven, yeah. Yeah, that's that's going to give a team an idle week, which managers will lament, I'm sure, next year when, you know, they end up with blocks of... So one team will have the short straw and have maybe a month off, or, you know, they'll have they'll, or they'll have a flood of games, whichever. It won't work out in equilibrium, I suppose, is probably the, the, the issue out of a group of seven. But, Matt, just to touch on a couple of your points there, the, the, the 2nd of January you mentioned at the very start there, Limerick and Clare were due to meet on the 2nd of January in the opener of this competition, and you recall that was deferred back by agreement to both counties. And then that, you know, so that that's a come to midweek game that Limerick and Clare, or Limerick and Cork could have played. And um, I suppose you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, they didn't know that the, the weeks would would be chopped up with bad, such bad weather. But really under pressure from the start of this competition. And yeah, I, I'd agree with you. It, it's never a good look for a competition not to be concluded. It, it diminishes it immediately, I think, um, in terms of its importance. And look, I know like in, in the COVID year 2020, the National Hurling League, they were we were down to, was it semi-final stages or whatever it was? And they decided that should Limerick and Clare meet in the league or in the championship, that would be the league final. And lo and behold, they drew each other in the well, in the Munster Championship. So, with you there, Tom, because I, I I think it was decided from from the outset of the National League that if if the finalists were um were to meet in the championship, that the game would be thing was on the spot of the moment.
I, I, I think um, it was something wasn't done on the spot at the moment. We knew from the outset of the league that if if the finalists were to meet in their respective uh, provincial championships, that it would double up with the championship. Sorry, small issue on my end. We'll uh, we'll fix that after. But Matt, you mentioned uh, just moving things on to the to, to where we are now. But you mentioned the Dylan Quirk game there, um, and obviously this is one. I I have a feeling listening to John Kiley a lot over the last twelve months. This is one that, despite it being a challenge game, this is one that Limerick GA were certainly not going to renege on. They wanted to be involved in this. They wanted to be involved last year when uh, the two counties were going to wear. Uh, a jersey, a jersey different from the one behind me. There, they were going to wear special jerseys in the championship, but obviously that was vetoed by the GA. So, at the first opportunity, I guess these two counties are going to meet um, in a in a game for for charity. So Limerick were never going to back out of this one, you know. No, and rightly so, and rightly so, under circumstances and all, Tom. And you, you know, you know my views about showing a jersey. I thought it was in the circumstances but it, it provides both counties with a real good warm-up game um for the championship uh, for sorry for, for the opening league the following weekend and and um plus at the same time giving a major boost to the finances of, of, of the dylan foundation of dylan foundation like and you're right there was no way god exactly that limerick were, were going back out of the dylan Quirk, nor should they um and and um, no matter what the monster scene of Holland League was going to do, like Limerick were going to fulfil that fixture, and and um, as I say, you know, apart from the value of the game going into the league, uh, into the league, really the whole circumstances in which the game has been is is being played, and the reason why is the unfortunate it's being played, the sad passing of of, of Dylan Quirk. And now the establishment by his family of the of the foundation, it couldn't be a more worthy cause. Yeah, and it's obviously unfortunately it's it's where he he passed as well in terms of Temple Stadium. So that's quite a poignant venue and home of hurling and all the rest of it that comes with that as 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 you know, as we know. But there's also little bits and pieces um, on the day I see there's going to be screening for for young young um, younger players. I think teenagers and younger even. So this isn't just. Give us a, give us your money. There's actually other stuff involved around this, and the Dylan Cork Foundation has already screened a lot of um, a lot of young athletes for you know uh, issues surrounding uh, cardiovascular. Um, sorry, I would be no expert on the matter, but there's there's already a legacy from Dylan's passing. Unfortunately, you know we'd love to be seeing him lining up for Tipperary against Limerick in a in a championship game or whatever it is, but. There's already a legacy from from um, from what his family and obviously clubmates and everything have, have established. So this is great for see Limerick are obviously back in it to the hilt. There's jersey, the commemorative jersey people can buy online and all the rest of it. This is this is great and obviously just a super rivalry between Limerick and Tipperary, going back going back well well before my time, well before your time even, Matt. <laughs> it's it a was great I can't well, use the jack the jacket out clause that I wasn't around that day, you know. But um, <laughs> but, um, but the, the, the rivalry it, it was. But I I've read about it and um, I've of course I've witnessed it on through the years, 
um, because, you know, I can remember the fallow 60s, um, like when we were bystanders, mainly in the Munster Championship. And But, of course, I can remember that famous victory in, in, um, in 1966, you know, above in the athletic grounds when Tipperary had won four of the previous five All-Irelands. They had 161, 62. They lost in the Munster final, 63 to Waterford, 164 and 65. And they were All-Ireland champions and red-hot favourites. And we beat them 4-12 to 2-6, as far as I remember. Double scores. Or something yeah. like that. On a day when Limerick really unleashed Damon Craig and on the unsuspecting hurling world. I think he mm. got two goals and five points the same day, if my memory serves me correct. But um, that was a special day in the annuals of Limerick and, and Tipperary. But... Apart from that, Tom, the, 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 the 60s were for the most part pretty fallow for Limerick. And um, Limerick didn't really turn the corner until they beat Tipperary in the league of 71. Um, Richie Bennis with a last-minute point above in the athletic grounds in Cork. And, of course, Bennis repeated the medicine again two years later in the 73 Munster final. So, like, the rivalry is intense. And who will forget the Munster final in Cork during the COVID period when there was... Um, was a 25% capacity and uh, Tipperary appeared out the gate at, at mm -hmm. halftime, but Limerick had other ideas. So, like, you know, and who'll forget that the, the, in 2007, you're going to say uh, yeah, they, 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 they had to meet three times, you know. So, um, when you're talking about Limerick and Tipperary um, rivalry, you're talking about something really, really special. And I have no doubt both teams will put their best foot forward next Sunday as they should. For what is a very, very worthy cause. Yeah, well said, Matt. And uh, I suppose there was a few times where Tipperary won along the way there, but uh, we certainly remember the Limerick days as well. Um, but uh, Matt, Limerick and Tipperary. I was, we... Tom, I, I, I was, I was selected, uh, selective with some of the days oh, I yeah, remember now and specifically. No problem. But I always, I, always, I always told this story. I've told it and listeners are tired of listening to it. The first time I ever saw Limerick claim was in the Munster Championship in the Athletic Browns in 1960 against Tipperary. And guess what? Limerick, uh, Limerick were beaten 10-9 to 2-1. And I cried all the way from Cork to, the, to, to Glenroe because somehow I was convinced pre-match that Limerick were going to win. Mm. And the, the thing is, you, you came back for more anyway. <laughs> well, I was in short pants that time, Tom, so I suppose um, tears was, was, was the order of the day in those circumstances, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think my earliest memory of uh, any Limerick team attending, certainly from my point of view, was um, being over on the open stand side before it was its current open stand when it was just terracing for, uh, I think it was a Munster, must check it out sometime actually, it was maybe a Munster under 21 semi-final or final Limerick uh, in Tipperary along the three in a row. So I in two was probably in sharp pants there uh, around the year 2000 or 2001. So uh, I suppose it's a fun memories that it was the Tipperary with the Finches jersey and I think Limerick. Um, with the, the Red Cow Morn. So we're talking at the, the turn of the millennium or thereabouts. Uh, but Matt, moving things along, um, the Limerick and Tipperary rivalry will be renewed as well at the school's front in the Harty Cup final. Nina and uh, Nina CBS and Art School Reach uh, will meet in the decider next Saturday, Saturday week. That, that is uh, the early days of uh, February uh, in Ennis Cusick Park hosting this one. Uh, we were... Uh, out in Kilmallock for uh, a dramatic enough uh, encounter, encounter between Turles CBS and Arskill Reach, Matt. Uh, Arskill Reach, the momentum had been gone. It had lost it all, but uh, in fairness to them, they found, I think it was at the last three scores of this game, um, showed a bit of quality, a bit of guts, and Mark O'Brien um, 
uh, winning, or he won, or sorry, Patrick Carney won a free. Mark O'Brien put it over, and uh, the referee's whistle sounded from the next puck out. So gut wrenching if you're from Tardis, but Arskalrish, you know they 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 stood up as uh, as good teams do when uh, the need is greatest, uh, right at the death to get the win. Ah, uh, they did, uh, Tom, and you 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 will recall as well that that there were ten minutes um, gone in the clock when Arskalrish were leading by eight points to no score. Yeah. We witnessed, I'd say, 10 minutes of the best hurling that I've rarely seen as good in my life. Possibly the 2021 All Ireland with Limerick, but it was of that, it was of that ilk. It was just simply magnificent hurling. But full credit to Turles, they hung in there. And um, we, we could see, as you recall, that they were getting a grip coming up to half time. By half time, they had reduced the margin to five points. They had a very good third quarter. And then they got the goal. And um, it was really throwing down the gauntlet at that stage too. This was um, a, a, a odd skull reach team who at one stage in the game early on looked invincible. And now suddenly they were behind. That was a 10-point turnaround, you must remember, for Turles from being eight points down to being 10 points up. But it was then we saw the real character of... of um, of Art School Reach. And it is the second time that we have seen the, the character of Art School Reach in, in similar circumstances. Because if you will recall when they played John the Baptist in the quarterfinal, and John the Baptist closed the gap to a single point going down the home straight and had the momentum with him, it was again uh, uh, Art School Reach found that little extra bit. You know, and um, in the semi-final against Torres Arsfields, it was Mark O'Brien, an All-Ireland winner with Clare Miners last year, um, who was um, who who was taking the freeze because um, Daniel Chapman, who was the normal free taker, had gone off. And, you know, and I'll tell you, Tom, none of the three frees that Mark O'Brien scored was a gimme. Mm. The first one was a 65 to narrow the gap to a single point. The other one was farther out, and he yeah. landed it from distance. From the, the centre spot, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the third was from an awkward angle. Yeah, about 45 out from goal and over at the sideline, yeah. 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 So, you know, full full credit to Mark O'Brien and full credit to Artskull. You know, in the circumstances, a lot of teams would have folded. Had you been so far in front and suddenly gone down the home stretch, you're hit with this tsunami of a goal, and it was a great goal. Make yeah. no mistake about it. A very, very good goal. But it, it took it took something special to get a goal on the day. Because if you will recall, um, neither goalkeeper was really tested up to that point. Maybe there was one or two pretty good saves, one or two at each end, but that was it. But the, the, the real threat of a goal, and it, it came so suddenly and, and it was so well executed and so well put away by young Heffernan. Wasn't it Carl McHeffernan, I think? Yeah, the corner the, forward. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, the corner forward. forward. Um, that that. Um, Cormac Fitzpatrick. It, it took it took some character on the part of Lord Skullrish. Yeah. In the, in the circumstances. And like they didn't lose their composure, they didn't lose their shape. They just got on with it, and clawed it back. And those three late points. Um, you, you'd have to say on the balance of play, I don't think that can be very little argument about it, Tom. The better team on the day one. 
yeah i think i i, I wouldn't disagree with you i would say you know turles they showed plenty of character themselves to come back they from did, their, absolutely their, their problem of course was the start i mean we were joking we were taking our notes there matt one minute one point two minutes two points three minutes three points four minutes they left themselves with a mountain to climb and in fairness they climbed it they were on top and then you know they were quickly uh turned it was turned back on them then in in the dying stages but i think our reach showed their quality and they could be a team that could click someday and really you know go to town on the team now i don't think that will come in the final um no they'll be certainly favorites against uh against nina cbs but um you know they, they have some serious talent in that art school team but we can flip it to the other semi-final mat now obviously these were on simultaneously effectively so we couldn't venture over to cap more but there was no shortage of drama in this one and unfortunately for uh the limerick contingent and and their, their classmates in in charitable cbs they were at the wrong end of it here um i think they led in stoppage time deep in stoppage time but uh nina by by luck or by by hook or by crook found themselves they found a goal and uh that got them over the line so uh heartbreak for charitable and and uh, as we said the limerick lads involved as well yeah this disappointment for this disappointment for charitable and um as we flagged last week it was the second time that they met in 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 the championship and there, there were four points between them in the group stage when they met at Milik, and there was four points um, between them when they met in Capamore. Um, but the scoreline doesn't tell the real story last last um, last Saturday because Charleville, I think there were seven or eight points up at one stage during the game. And, um, and they were leading, as you said, coming down the home straight and going into injury time. And Nina got a goal in two points and um, to win the game by four points. So, you know, um, obviously that th- th- there is nothing between these two sides now. Um, in the quarterfinal, um, Nina CBS appeared to have made a statement when they had a massive win over CBC from Cork in, in, in Bancha. And uh, as you know, CBC teams have been pretty strong and CBC had knocked out St. Coleman's, who were one of the fancied sides. But we were saying here last week that Charleville came with their own pedigree. They came with the pedigree that in the groups, they, in the preliminary quarterfinal, they had knocked out the holders Cashel Community College. And in the semifinal, they had knocked out what looked a very, very strong Middleton CBS team. So they came with their credentials. And it looked for a long, long time during the course of that game, you know, that they were going to prevail except for that last bit of a blitz that took Nina over the line. But it sets it up very, very nicely um, uh, for the the final. I agree with you totally that um, Arsgol Reach are are favourites. And I shudder to think what would happen if Arsgol Reach produced for 60 minutes what they produced for the first 10 minutes against uh, Turles. It was simply phenomenal. It was just simply memorable, the the, the quality of their hurling. But, um, uh, you know, they, they, they had to dig it out in the finish. But um, odd school are favourites, and I think they'll get over it. But they, they, they'll get a game of it from Nina. Make no mistake about it. Yeah, and, and Nina managed by uh, Donico O'Donnell, I believe, who is the 
he was coached with Limerick maybe as far back in the Limerick senior hurling team that is as far back around 2014-15 I think he yeah. was under TJ Ryan's tenure um, and look he's he's you know he's been around the place in terms of coaching and he, he certainly knows the game so they, they, the, 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 the levels of focus that goes into these teams now and not to say that there was none in the past but certainly these teams are treated like county teams um, at certainly at hearty level they really prepare they train a lot they probably do video analysis now because it's available to them. They're obviously looking at stats. They're looking on players, you know, uh, habits and all the rest of it. There's real preparation on into this. It's big. It's big business almost, but um, it, it promises to be a good final. Obviously, it's a competition that our school really got used to winning. Now, with a school competition, obviously, the players move every year or every two years. But Nina are coming in with no baggage of, you know, their predecessors winning it. Or maybe no baggage of losing it either. But our child our school reached just that weight of ex- expectation that you know they have a lot of guys from Limerick and Clare, uh minor panels from le- previous years, and there's this kind of thing that our school reached don't really lose finals now. I know they lost they lost their last final, but that, that team went on to win the All Ireland. So every team that has reached a hearty final has done something for our school reach. So I mean, maybe there's a little bit of extra pressure from that point of view. I know these are young players, but that could could come into it too. Yeah, well, as as you say, now they have they have established their own tradition over the last decade or so in getting to finals and winning finals. Um, by my calculation, and again, this is from memory, Tom. I think the last time that Nina CBS appeared in the final was in 2012. Yeah, I think it's it was going again. back that far. So they they <laughs> wouldn't have the same tradition in the school of as hard school reach would would have in in reaching the final, but. Um, you know, a final is a final. And we, we, we saw what St. Joseph's Tudda produced in their final two years ago. We saw what mm. Castle Community College produced in the final last year. You know, it's That's not great, unheard yeah. of, of the outsider or the underdog coming good in the Hearty Cup final. Mm. A lot of it is on the day, Tom. A lot of these are young lads and, you know, for a lot of them, it will be the first final appearance. But I take it from I take your point. You know, so many of that art school team have been involved in finals. Be there with their county or be be there with their club. Um, you can take the five or six that were involved in the Clare Minor hurling team of last year to start with. Yeah, you can take um, yeah. joint the joint captain of the team, Fintan Fitzgerald. See what he's been through with Mungret in terms of finals. You've seen the two lads from the Piercing, what they've been through. De- Daniel Scully has been through a final with with um, with um, from an Atlaka. I've no doubt Sean Morrissey, if he, if he was up to the edge, would have been through too. And your Fiona Brian and Golds, who has represented Limerick, like any place you look on that team, there is quality, pedigree. But again, Tom comes with the caveat and with the health warning. It's all in the day. Yeah, it is on the yeah, it's a it's a sixth or sorry, Arts Garish are heading, heading for a sixth uh, success. They've been in six finals, winning five and losing the twenty twenty two decider. But Matt, they, they broke through in twenty ten, um, with the likes of Declan Hannon, Shane Dowling and and beyond that then you had geez, the names are endless like but you'd Keen Lynch, you'd Mike and Peter Casey, all the guys, a lot of the guys, sorry, on the, the Limerick panels and you know, more latterly then you've just we've seen the likes of Shane O'Brien. Um representing our school reach uh you know and it it so it shows no sign of relenting obviously the way these things go it goes in cycles i know going back um 
going back into the 60s and 70s, uh, CBS in uh, Sexton Street was obviously considered the, the hurling stronghold. But it, it creates, as you say, it creates a culture maybe and it creates a kind of a desire to go there. Guys that are interested in hurling, they're picking their school when they're 12 years of age. They may lean slightly towards our school reach as opposed to maybe any of the other schools that might be in their catchment. And as we see from look, the guys in clubs, there's guys willing to make the commute as well that they want to they want to get involved with our school reach. And you know that 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 means it shows no sign of uh, relenting in terms of uh, you know very very strong hurling teams. No, and that 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 rise to the top has coincided with Napierstreet to a certain degree, and there's mm. there's a huge link and a huge crossover of of players that have represented our school reach and in turn have 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 represented have represented Napierstreet. So, you know, but. Um, uh, the only thing about it is that the main beneficiaries of Arts School Reach last year were Clare. Mm. With that, with five or six um, uh, Arts School Reach winning All Ireland minors with Clare. You know, yeah. obviously, we two green misted individuals would prefer if they were winning All Irelands with Limerick. Yeah. But in all fairness, you must credit Clare like that. I think when Limerick played Clare last year in the minor championship, I think there was maybe. Top of my head stuff here now, but there was probably seven player and eight Limerick on the two panels in our school reach. So basically, probably the full intercounty minor team at their disposal. That'll tell you the depths. But I'm sure Nina have um, will have a thing or two. And to as say far about. as I remember, Tom, before you go away from that one, I think Limerick won it. Yeah. Oh well, they won the group game. Uh, we won't say anything about the, the semi final and beyond. No, but... I, didn't, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> yeah. But a formidable enough player team in fairness to them. Um, but uh, yeah, that is set anyway for uh, Cusick Park in Ennis, County Clare, <laughs> next Saturday, the 3rd of February, 1pm throw-in for that one. Um, and I tell you, if you're uh, not familiar with the club or the school's game, I can tell you, you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised with just how good uh, these two teams will be prepared and uh, the skill level on show. So, uh, I'm also that day now. We can't forget it. We have another Limerick team in the final that day when Skull Paul Kilfinnan yes. will be playing in the Munster College's C final against Landmire College. Yes, that, that, is taking, that is taking place in Fethard uh, 3G this the same day. So that's 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 a game worth um worth looking at. And um, um you know it's 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 um Obviously, we'll be looking at the games more in depth next week. Yes, yeah, but, yeah. But I just want to put it out there that that um, Skull Paul will be playing um, will be playing in the Munster C final. Now that yeah. it was a C final that they lost, I think, just four years ago to Kalasta Tressa Cantork, who had Brian O'Sullivan, who plays with you well now, on that yes. team. Yeah, and. Um, it, it it was a final that that um, uh, Palace Kenry lost last year to Mitchellstown CBS. Hmm. And have so, lost in the past. Like, well, yeah. It could be time that we brought that that trophy back to Limerick. Yeah, so, absolutely. But we, we'll be talking about it more, and it's good to see Skull Paul Kilfinnan. Um, like the the enrollment in Skull Paul Kilfinnan has tripled over the last ten years. And like yeah. there's there's a very good ethos of of hurling there, and um, um, among the staff in, in uh, just as a matter of interest, among the staff in in Skull Paul Kilfinnan is Sean O'Donnell, the well-known Limerick statistician. 
Yes, I'm sure he's having an influence around the place. So, so um, yeah. um well, yeah, as I say, we, 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 it, it's on Saturday week, so we'll be we'll be talking about the two finals in greater depth next week. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I, the first schools game I played, we mentioned two schools there: Palace Kenry, the school that I went to, and Coldwell Kilfinnan was in uh, in in uh, Kilfinnan. So that was the first schools game I remember playing. So. Uh, always kept an eye out for Skull Paul and great to see them uh, reaching the Munster decider. But uh, Matt, you mentioned third level there because of Brian O'Sullivan and UL. He was lining out uh, for University of Limerick last evening. We'll we'll come to uh, UCC was in a minute, but uh, UL two goals and thirty points to one fourteen from TUS Midwest. Obviously, this is a Limerick derby, but for the third year in a row, UL held all the aces. Um, I, I kind of I blinked halfway through the match last night. I was along the sideline. I said, "Geez, I've been here before." UL putting their um, cross city rivals to the to bed very very easily, and uh, no shortage of Limerick uh, in interest in the UL panel. Aidan O'Connor uh, with five points. Only played forty minutes or so. With uh, Paddy O'Donovan coming on, getting a couple. With Adam English getting a couple. Colin Cochran getting a couple. Scores spread all over the place, and uh, Groot O'Connor of Tipperary, the, the main man in terms of ten points, but. Uh, this is a very, very formidable UL team. The fact that Paddy O'Donovan isn't starting will suggest the depth they have. This guy is a serious operator, as we know from from um, uh, his club effing. But you know, there's uh, there's no shortage of depth in this UL panel. Oh, not at all, um, not at all. Um, and they they are a very formidable side. And you need um, you need only look at the the, the, the two scores that they have racked up. Um, uh, uh, so far against them, yeah. it it was eighty Galway, I think, in the last round, yeah. and uh, yeah. now against TUS Midwest, and you could say possibly that the, you know the, the 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 draw probably might favour them because they were probably bunched in two of the lesser known lights, um, mm-hmm. in 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 the competition, um, but you know I think they've sent out two messages to start messages to the remainder of those that are competing for it. And they've already safely um, maneuvered their way into the quarterfinal. And they're going to have a home quarterfinal now. And by my reckoning, the home quarterfinal will be against either Minute College, MIT, or UCC. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, yeah. You, you could have you could have you could have a situation you could have a situation and um, Manute are in the deferred game that was called off because of frost will entertain um uh, Mary I on Monday night. Yeah. And then Manute will travel to, to the Mardike in Cork on Thursday night to take on UCC. Now where Mary I to win um uh, against Manute and which which could be very, very likely, even though it is away from home, and um, then they would be through to the quarterfinal, leaving the the leaving the dubious honour um, of uh, UCC and Manute playing for the right to travel to UL for the quarterfinal. Yeah, I think that's it by my reckoning. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's cross group group A for for Mary I and group B for UL and UL have won group B, so they're waiting their honours up. Um, we didn't even mention, I don't know if we even mentioned it there, but earlier, yes, uh, Wednesday afternoon, I was at that one as well. 125 to 20 points 
uh, Mary, I got the better of UCC. It was, it was 14. I've forgotten about that one, Tom. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to shoehorn it in, Matt. I'm going to drop it in like an atomic bomb here. But, <laughs> but uh, 14, 14 Corkmen on the UCC panel, and there was uh, one tip man alongside him. They struggled to, to really raise a gallop, Matt. I know, I know you missed the game um, in, in the flesh, but like Mary, I looked like a team. I guess the best, the best. A summation of it I can give is you Mary I look like a team Jamie Wall seemed to have them firing they obviously have classy individuals Shane O'Brien to name to name but one but they look like a team that you know were playing for each other they have obviously a small pick much smaller pick of players than UCC would and maybe that focuses the mind better for for Jamie Wall and um, Pod Collins and, and and Mark Jennery his selectors there as well that you know they're only working probably with 30 plus players whereas I think maybe too many cooks in terms of what UCC had at their disposal doesn't help them. But just to touch a few bits from the game, Jason Galan, obviously Aaron's younger brother, is still in goal. I think he's uh, finishing up in Mary Eye this year. So his last tilt at the competition, he scored a point from his own 20 from play. So he took a sharp puck out, got it back, and then just opened up the shoulders and landed it nearly in the car park at the other end. But now people will say Mary Eye's pitch is short, but... Still had to strike it straight and true, and uh, I can tell you, UCC didn't let him have a sharp puck out for the rest of the game. Uh, he also got a point from play, and Shane O'Brien scored five points in two two just before half time and three early in the second half. So maybe in about ten minutes of play, he got five points. You know, typical Shane O'Brien scores, catching him above his opponent, going away from goal, left and right, straight through the middle. What we've what we've come accustomed with, and. Um, you know, there was obviously other Limerick involvement. Great to see a couple of youngsters coming in after the bench. Vince Harrington of Napier Street, Gauchino Farrell of Eskeaton, uh, were introduced. Uh, obviously, two guys on the, the Limerick 20s um, in, in recent times, and I think even uh, were still eligible for it uh, in, in 2024. But a lot of Tipperary involvement. But the Limerick guys stood up and, look, Mary I have, a bit like Art School Reach, Mary I have developed a bit of a culture for themselves in this, and they've... Uh, you know they've punched above their weight. I think uh, it's fair to say in the last the last few seasons of this competition, haven't they? Yeah, but Tom, they, they, yeah, they're, they're a strong side. And, uh, you know, uh, there's no doubt about it. And I, I, I think they're going to be no pushover for anybody in this competition. But you were you were talking about the Limerick and the the, the, the Tipperary representation there. What about Adam Hogan, Dermot Ryan, and Shane Meehan from Clare? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three top class. Adam Hogan, a nominee for Hurler of the Year. Dermot yeah. Ryan and a nominee for an All Star. Yes, and and Shane Meehan. You know, is, um, I I think that that they're a quality side. Mm. Um, because as I said, I don't hide it. UCC is my old school. I was hoping they'd win, um, mm. but um, you, you know, and without um, um, going into the configuration of the team, fourteen Cork and one Tipperary, and I was disappointed that that um, our own Eddie Stokes and possibly Ronan Fox didn't get a run. Yeah, because they were um, uh, yeah. we we saw from a senior hurler point of view, we saw in particularly in twenty twenty three, Eddie Stokes, in my opinion, coming of age as a senior hurler. And you must remember that June's backs were to the wall, and uh, he 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 was absolutely one of the outstanding performers, slotting in at centre back, and in different positions. And um, uh, to think that he can make the Fitzgibbon Cup team, um, I'm just wondering. And like Ronan Fox, who was playing with his college in Galway, but has moved to Cork this year. 
He was both were on you subs, huh? Yeah, yeah. I just to, I, to, I, I, I'm I'm afraid I don't get it. Hmm. No, even even the one I didn't understand is Irla Daly. You know, in a regular and a lot of her team really, and he he was only in, in introduced as a sub. So, you know, the team there just looking through with Jeremy Miller of Cork is was a cornerback. We had Shane Kingston playing fullback. Brian Saunderson, who's now a probably just debatable as to whether you Cork number one or number two in terms of goalkeeper. You know, Ben Cunningham was on the freeze. You had Robbie Cotter. Darius Daeklin was the Tipperary man. Brian Hayes got four or five points in play. Uh, Carmack O'Brien. Names were coming used to, but I think, I don't know, as I said it to you on air last week, Matt, you know, there's been a lot of hype around these Cork players because they've won 20s and they've won minors, but they haven't, a lot of them haven't done it at senior level just yet in the same way that, you know, other players we've mentioned from other counties, even you mentioned the Clare, Clare lads there, they have done it to, to a degree anyway with Clare, you know, they've shown up. But I, I'm at a loss to know, Tom, I, I'm at a loss to know why the two Limerick players um, weren't either on or one of the one of the first to be on. Mm. Now, Daly was injured for most of last year. Um, he started on the bench. You had Shane Barrett starting on the bench. You had Owen Downey starting on the bench. I, yeah. You know, I, I just yeah. don't know what's going on. I, I can't get my head around it, Tom, but all mm. I know is that they're in a battle for survival. Like the most successful team in the competition, like and you know, it's 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 a holy grail for them every year, the Fitzgibbon Cup. And I look, I don't get it, Tom. No, I don't move and, on. Uh, Next business. <laughs> that's it, yeah. But credit well done to Mary I um on a fine win. And I d I don't think eight points flattered them in any regard, but uh, they still have a small bit of business to do up in Manute next weekend, uh, or next Monday, a, a draw or a win there. Will uh, win them the group and uh, or should win them the group anyway, and uh, put them uh, into the quarterfinals. They're obviously trying to avoid you well, so the uh, winning the group will be probably the best way of doing that. Uh, Matt, we were talking last week about Mona Lean in their Munster Junior B. Um, unfortunately, due to bereavement in the club, um, which we mentioned, uh, the game was uh, understandably and rightfully postponed, but. Um, they uh, have had a reschedule, just push back a week, uh, Saturday, 12pm, they will play Wolf Tones in the Munster Junior B Hurling Championship, but uh, game postponed for the right decisions, uh, right reasons, there's no rush for this, and um, I'm sure Wolf Tones understanding, and it means Monoline now can uh, give it a full crack this week. Yeah, they can give it a full crack, and then, they, you know, the the map, the road map, in, in the competition is almost fully planned for, for Mona Lean now because they know if they beat Wolf Tones, they'll be meeting Drum and Inch of Tipperary, who had a big win over St. Oliver Plunkett's of Cork um, in, in the semi final last weekend. And then um, Leinster is down to three clubs. I think it's Ballinasloe from Galway, Harps from Leash, and Bor from Offaly, who are in the Leinster final. So it's down to six now. It'll be down to four at the weekend. And as I explained last weekend, the respective provincial finals, finalists, after the provincial final, are crossed for the All-Ireland semi-final. The winners of Munster play the winners up in Leinster. And like um, the Limerick have only won this competition once. And it was won by Doon. I know you're going to come back at me now with Belly Brown winning the football, the only team to oh, win no, the football. No. You brought it up now at me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Doon are winning it, but Doon didn't, didn't win the Munster final that year. They were beaten, yeah. I think, by Killing All in the, in the Munster final that year, but came back and won the All-Ireland. 
um, which brought the only All Ireland. Now Limerick have been in a number of finals. Capamore been in the final. Rakeel have been in the final. Um, in the All Ireland final. Ruffer in the final last year had a great run in the competition. So I'd be expecting more. I'd be expecting Monaleen to get the better of Wolf Tones. Yeah, I think. I think. And I think Monaleen. Get, are, get over that, and you know. Um, uh, you know, you know, the game against Trum and Inch in the final is a game for another day. Mm, definitely, yeah. I think I think they're well served by guys being involved in their twenty ones. Now, obviously, some guys are ineligible because they're on the Monoline senior team, but guys, younger guys, trying to push towards that would have been playing all through the winter. They would have won the Junior B. I think it was it in the the eleventh of November, and then they would have gone straight into the twenty ones. Which is a nice build up to this, you know. That they're not coming in cold, a lot of the guys. Now, obviously, guys that are over that age have had to to, to keep themselves sharp and all that. But I think that could be a, a nice tonic for them. Obviously, they got to the twenty ones final, and the two or three uh, youngsters that will be involved here, you know, will will want to be hopping off the ground. So, yeah, best of wishes to Monlin. Hopefully, uh, as we were saying last week, the Limerick Clare rivalry, uh, they can uh, get another notch on the, the Limerick side of things. Um, with a victory there. So that kind of brings us towards the end of the hurling chit-chat. Uh, the football match, we were mentioning in brief last week that uh, Antrim are uh, coming to McNeville Park uh, for the league opener, which is this uh, Sunday. The panel, the full panel uh, at uh, the disposal of Jimmy Lee was released on Thursday. And, um, you know, I'm not sure about surprises at this point of view. It's it's very difficult to know who's in and who's out, but I suppose it's confirmed now who's there. There is a good amount of quality in it. I don't think anyone can dispute that. There's a good amount of experience too, but you know, it's it, it looks a lot different from last year. I think that's the easiest way of putting it. Things have changed an awful lot for um for Jimmy. Yeah, Tom, it really brought it home to me and um uh... When, when the message I really got out of studying the panel was that, that um, you know, the size of the task facing Jimmy Lee uh, in that, you know, 17 players that were available at the end of the competition, at the end of the championship last year, the Talton Cup, are not available for various reasons. For there's, there's four or five gone abroad. Um, there's injuries, you have the retirement of Don Sullivan, like all big names. And um, um, it gave me an idea of the challenge that, that he's facing him and in, in replacing him. And there are a number of others, very important players on, on the injured list. You have, you have the like of um, Hugh Bork, who's on the injured list, um, uh, Mike Donovan, um, Killian Ryan, and... Um, Josh Ryan, who has been out for a year, but he's closing in on a recovery. Um, um, I was talking to himself, actually, and the, the word is that um, he, he's hopeful that to play some part in the league, which would be a big boost um, for, for Josh to get back into the green jersey. So, um, but it gives you an idea and um, of what Jimmy Lee has to do. It will be very, very interesting to see what his selection process, what his selection will be. Um, what has he learned from the game against Kerry and the subsequent game against Tipperary? Now I know um, between the games that there, there, there were there, there were players coming back. You're the like of Colin McSweeney who missed the Kerry game, um, Ian Corbett, uh, James Norton um, coming back, and now Peter Nash is back in the panel, and um, you know so like uh, Cahill Downs very importantly 
is back in the panel because um, if you're talking about success stories for, for Limerick football in 2023, you know, Cahal Downs' performance and the way he has, has contributed to the Limerick senior football squad and the, the, the whole Limerick senior football thing has, has been an outstanding success story. And it's good to see him named on the panel. And I understand that he's closing in on, an, on, on a return. Now, the team is going to be named on Friday evening. I think it will be named around 10 o'clock. And um, the hurling team to play temporarily in the hurling will be named at nine. But um, it will be very, very interesting to see what Jimmy Lee's first um, selection for. Because, like, you know, the McGrath Cup is the McGrath Cup. But the real business, Tom, starts here. You know, the yeah. real business start team here. And in the situation that Limerick are, down so many players from last year with a new management set up, home, home forum is going to be hugely important. Because there are some very daunting trips down the road. None more so than six days later when Limerick go to Newry. There's a trip to Mullingar. There's a trip to Tullamore. Mullingar, of course, Westmeath or Bogey team. But that's for another day and awfully. We just focus on Antrim. Now, Antrim had a poor McKenna Cup, just like ourselves. They went out without qualifying. Um, they had a poor league last year. They barely survived in Division 3. Mm. But what, me, what they had was a very, very good Tarleton Cup. They went out. They went out of the Ulster Championship at the quarterfinal. They in the Tartan Cup. They were unluckily beaten by Champions Meet in the semi-final. Now the message that I'm getting loud and clear from that is that Shane or um, Andy McEntee came in as the former Meet manager came in as 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 a manager of Antrim last year, and it took him up to the Tartan Cup really to get a grip on things and to stamp his authority on it and put his own imprint on it. And um, like Antrim are going to pr provide a very, very formidable challenge, Tom. They're going to be a very, very formidable side. Make no mistake about it. And we will get a sense. Come on, The game is on at 12.30 in McNeville Park. We will get a sense on Sunday after the Antrim game exactly where Limerick are at. It'll be interesting to see does Jimmy Lee hand debuts? You know, will we will we see the like of Adam Neville? Will we see the like of Emmett Richter? Will we see the like of Daniel Daly getting first starts? Like Dara Dara Shukru is another now that has is has has picked up an entry and is added to the list. Will yeah. we see Ty Shukru getting a first start? Will we see Brian O'Sullivan getting a first start? Dan the Harty. Dan, Dan has played before. But there are a whole lot of imponderables out there. Mm. It will be very interesting to see, you know, um, Jimmy and his management team have been close to the panel. They've seen how they're working, how they're going and training. Um, you saw him at first hand against Tipperary. I saw him at first hand against, against Kerry. Yeah. And um, now is the hour of reckoning. And Jimmy stressed uh, after the carry match that, like, it's it's all about Antrim. So, like, and let's hope that Limerick get off to the start that they desire and get off to a winning start. 
Yeah, and uh, just my own two cents on it. Like the looking at the panel that was released, Danny Neville is probably the standout name for me in terms of you know we saw how good he was. Obviously moved abroad for a couple of years. Probably was it around COVID time, I think, uh, or maybe after the first season in COVID. I think from twenty one, and he's been missing for twenty one, twenty two, and twenty three. And can he pick it up where he left off? You know, he was in flying form at that stage, in fairness to him, and a real threat for Limerick. And hopefully he can get up to speed and, and be included um, in the panels as the weeks goes on. But there's there's obviously so much change. There'll be a change in goals. Obviously, Arno Sullivan um, was the number two for so long in terms of goalkeeper. And, you know, he, Jeffrey Alford is providing competition there now as a new man on the panel. And, you know, can, can Aaron maybe do what uh, the other O'Sullivan uh, uh, Donald had done before him and, you know, be a, a linchpin of that Limerick team. And, you know, Donald, Donald had his critics around the county, I'm sure he did, but I tell you, he gave stellar service and actually when you when you broke it down was, you know, a very smooth operator between the sticks for Limerick. So that's, you know, another significant change. Well, I should look, uh, uh, that kind of stuff, I, I, I wouldn't listen, listen to it at all because that that's a lot of that is coming from guys... The camp would one leg past another, like when they'd give yeah. a, have given a fraction of the service that Donald O'Sullivan gave to Limerick, you know. Mm. But the, the like of them, I totally, totally ignore them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, look, we'll see what the team is out on Friday evening and uh, what Jimmy has gone with. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, we'll know an awful lot more maybe by 3 p.m. or thereabouts on on Sunday afternoon, and hopefully, uh, it's it's a winning start for Limerick. I think. Consolidation. I think uh, in uh, our colleagues in the Irish Examiner interviewed Jimmy in the last few days, and um, I think he had said that uh, what the success looked like in the league, and I think it was you know in the top half or kind of uh, I can't remember the exact phrase he used, but that was kind of the thing. You know, if we're in maybe the top four or better, um, that would be a good season. And I couldn't disagree. I, very hard to disagree with that. I think uh, we'd be very happy if uh, you said Limerick finished fourth in Division Three by being, as I said last week, being competitive in every game obviously picking up a couple of wins to, to put them in with that position and then um, looking then ahead to invariably uh, the Munster Championship, but uh, invariably after that, uh, more likely in that Italian Cup um, venture. Uh, so that's uh, Sunday, 12.30. Note the all earlier start, obviously allowing Antrim time to, to get that, uh, back up the road. But uh, you mightn't be there on Sunday, I'd say, or probably elsewhere uh, around the county because... Uh, the junior B football was cancelled last week. Ballylanders uh, refixed to face Shannon Gales um, of Tipperary. I've been corrected, as you said last week. 2 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, they uh, just uh, fall start last week with the weather, but uh, back at, back in action this week. Yeah, it's in Paddy Carroll Park in Ballygrand. As, as yeah. we said last week, it's in Paddy Carroll Park. And, and what the Nakaderi GA Club have done is that they have revised the fixture list just putting every game back by a single week. So the rotation hasn't changed. There are no doubling up of games. It's going to be on quarterfinal this week, quarterfinal next week, semifinal the week after, semifinal the week after, and final. In, in the absolute same rotation, only just moved back by one week. Now, it is not in Nakaderi because the Nakaderi pitch at the moment is undergoing development, major development which started immediately in the aftermath of last year's competition. So it's in Paddy Carroll Park, Ballet Grand, at 2 o'clock next Sunday. Now, it, it fell foul of Star Misha last, last Sunday, and it's Ballylanders against Shannon Gales, and I think we spoke a bit at length about it last week. So 
Um, there is not much point in repeating ourselves, but I, I will be there and um, I'll give a first-hand account next week. Um, and um, I I don't mind saying I hope I'll be reporting that Pelly are in the semi-final against Kilmehel. Well, I hope so too, Matt. And uh, hopefully the weather, as we say, will be a bit more kind to them um, this week. Uh, just uh, looking elsewhere, we mentioned third level in terms of... Uh, the small ball, but uh, the football third level, UL obviously in Sigerson action. Um, well, they were off this week, sorry, but in Sigerson action in the pre two previous rounds and matched up two fine wins, one uh, comfortably and the other one uh, in a bit of a squeeze. But uh, that means they're into the quarterfinal and I suppose they'll probably be relieved that they've drawn a home uh, home tie in terms of that. And they'll play next Wednesday, the 31st of January, against DCU. And DCU had a fine win over... Uh, the TUS uh, at loan that was so, but with this competition, Matt, difficult to difficult to get a yardstick for teams until maybe the knockout stages are you know very no very hard to know. Maybe some of the the, the technical universities um, in football maybe aren't aren't as strong as they had been at times. ATU, which is what what, what college is that? That's it was at loan Institute of Technology, probably never never known for their Sigerson prowess. So. A good win for DCU there, but hard to know how that will equate then against, um, obviously, a, a decent enough UL team. Yeah, it's a hard one call. Um, and uh, you're right about your overall observations and remarks about the competition and the standard competition. We're, we're down to the last eight. And I remember last year I followed a round of it because, as you know, UCC won it, but... Um, they were they were beaten in the first round and um, by UL and came back and won the final against UL. But you know, I, I would be the first to admit that, that they got there by the grace of God, you know, in a couple of rounds. And that can happen at football at this time of the year. But UL had a very very good win over ATU from Donegal in the first round. And you know, don't for one minute estimate underestimate um, the win that they had in the second round when they went. To, when they went to Maynooth and beat him by 8.7, uh, uh, that, that could prove to be a very, very significant result in the whole context of it. Now, DCU are going to be a tough outfit. I have to say that I know very, very little about him other than that the present Cork full forward, um, Connor Corbett of Clyde Rovers, will be playing with him from near Mallow. Mm. And he, he's, he is a formidable forward. So, um, other than that, I know very little about him. But, I, you know, quarterfinals, you know, bit of a lottery, hard to know. You're trying to judge one, you know, one that we'll say the A's and the B's and the losers and the winners and all that sort of a thing. But the real business is now. Uh, the second chances are all over. And um, I, I, I fancy you, well, I think, um, to, to dig it out, especially with home advantage time. Yeah, I think the home advantage at this time of year, especially with National Football League now um, burdening the, the the Sigerson managers, you know, I think home advantage could be crucial, but uh, we'll wait and see. That's uh, in UL next Wednesday. And uh, I suppose, you know, this time of year, some people might, might want to get out. I can tell you, there's probably, there's worse things you could be doing on Wednesday than go out to UL. It's free in, you can't, you don't have to pay. And uh, you can get out and get a bit of a walk in first or after and uh, then just rock up to Maguire's fields normally. 
for the the uh, probably a 7 p.m throw and i think that's uh, time is yet to be confirmed but next wednesday i'll tell you you'll see some good fare there and you might see the next big thing from uh, around the different uh, counties in terms of uh, football stars uh matt the ladies football they enjoyed themselves last weekend because they picked up uh, the maiden win of the league absolutely they drew the first day out against wicklow but they got the better of Derry in, I would imagine, uh, tricky conditions uh, if Saturday evening where I was was anything to go by. The weather was certainly worsening as the evening went on, but they got over the line in Dune, and um, that's uh, a nice tonic for the new management. Pick up a win and, uh, you know, build from there. Uh, yeah, I'm not so sure to get over the line is the right description of it. Right. I, well, I, I, I think they were quite comfortable, um, Tom. Um, yeah. You know, full credit to Dune. Dune pitch was in excellent condition, uh, yeah. but Dune GA could do nothing about the, could do nothing at all about the wind and rain. But certainly, they had the surface in excellent condition, and um, Limerick were a bit slow on getting going. Uh, they, they 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 tended to find deep and do so in numbers, and then hope on the break. And it was on the break that uh, Deborah Murphy got the first point. And, but it was when they got the ball eventually around midway through the half. Um, it was Iris Kennelly who, you know, uh, even talking to herself about the goal she got the previous week, which in my opinion is a candidate for wonder goal. Um, uh, you know, kind of a scissors ball. She was involved in the ball again this time because <coughs> she's in a very tricky shot into the goal, which wasn't dealt with properly by the goalkeeper, knocked off the woodwork. She wasn't able to control the rebound. Donna Bradshaw was in in a shot and, and tapped it into the net. After that, it was Limerick all the way. Now, the the conditions militated against good flowing football. But Limerick never looked in danger after that. They, they, they accept, accepted a level of control and um, they introduced them. Um, Murphy again for for a second run out, and she's named from the stats we next um, for next under as is Quiva McNamara from Martini. Quiva made her debut against um, Derry, and um, her her first contribution was to kick a point at a night when you know uh, scores were at a premium. But we've seen the team that's named to play Kilkenny on Sunday. And it's very good in an experimental team. I was more looking at the at the um, at the subs bench. If you look at it, you you've Roshi and Ambrose there. You've Ivan Lee there. You've Katie Mee there. You've Alva Quay there. Um, there are others under Andrea Sullivan on the bench. Um, but it, it's obviously um, Lacia Brown is on the bench. It's it's obviously. Um, a, Mike and, and Sean and, and the management team, they, they they want to see others in action. It's no disrespect to Kilkenny, but um, Kilkenny have been struggling in this competition. They have been, struggling. They have been strugg struggling at this level of ladies' football since they came back into the competition last year after after an absence of four years. And, um, you, know, you know, their struggles have continued this year and they've, they've suffered a couple of heavy defeats to Leitrim and Longford. Now, Leitrim and Longford, you know, uh, okay, would be one of the strong contenders for a top four position. So, as just as Limerick are, you know, my liquid again and then, as I said, and the management team are, are going to use this occasion um, to um, 
you know, at, at all players, like, as I said, even Murphy is, start, is starting and um, uh, Cleaver McNamara is starting. And, you, you know, but basically what they have done is they have left the defense intact. Basically, it, it yeah. is the, it's the defense. It, it is the defense that, that lined out against Wicklow. Now, Roisin Brown was named corner forward against Bradley. He played for the most So she, she's an out, a very good one, and a very, very good addition to the panel. So um, she, she, she's back, um, named at corner back for um, John Meyer. has slotted in very, very at, at full back. So, like, um, um, yeah. Um, I, I think Limerick are going to beat Kilkenny. I think it would be a shock of seismic proportions, were they not? Um, um, seven points out of nine going into the first break. I think the lads will be happy. Yeah, and uh, I suppose, yeah, I don't think there's any danger they're going to lose this game. I mean, Kilkenny and and we used to say no disrespect for them, but they're just, they're just not at the level required. Um, and I think, mm. I don't, I think it would be, um, you know, it'd be rude of me to say that they were and say that they might cause an upset, but I just don't think they will. And there is, even though Limerick have made a lot of changes, there's no shortage of talent in, in the replacements there. I suppose it's just get them into a competitive game, see what they're made of, see can they play to the game plan and, um, you know, put their hand up for a, a more regular starting part. I suppose that's the, the carrot and stick that uh, that uh, Sean and Mike will have probably put, will probably put out to the players um, ahead of Sunday. But, uh, yeah, look. It I, think, be, it I, I think another thing about it, uh, Tom, is that I, I think they're going to use the second half on, on on Sunday. I'm only speculating this now. They're going to use the second half on Sunday to ease the like of Roshi and Ambrose, Kathy Mee, Ivan Lee, Alva Quaid, who've been carrying all these injuries. They're going to ease them back into the team, um, yeah. and then they will have a fortnight, a small bit of game time under their belts, a fortnight. Yeah. To recover and prepare for when Longford visit two weeks later. Yeah, and I think my right in saying this unlimited subs in the ladies national league. I think is that still the rule? I think it was a couple of years ago. I don't know has that changed, but sorry, someone, Tom. Sorry, seven. I missed the question. Is the rule the subs rule still fairly lax in the ladies football league? I think. Oh, it is. It is. It is. It is an endless subs during the league. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, even but, if but, Limerick, but Limerick, Limerick have been very cautious in that, yeah, in that they, they haven't made wholesale changes during the game. Now, that yeah. could change on Sunday, I think, because like when you look at the bench and when you look at when you look at the injured players, you know, and they're named on the bench for a reason, you know. Mm. And um, uh, I was talking to Roshin last week, and um, you know, she's she's practically fully recovered, and um. You know, raring to go again, and uh, Kathy Mee is the same, and uh, you know, um, Yvonne Lee, like it was unfortunate. Um, the injury she picked up, she picked it up in the warm up against Whitlaw, right? Yeah, and so, you've had Quaid there as well. So, um, you know, I, I, I anticipate that, um, I might be totally wrong in this, but I anticipate that the big four, those big four who've been missing the last couple of games, that you're going to see them eased, eased in during. The course of the second half yeah perfect yeah yeah that uh, seems like a good uh, good strategy and obviously we'll be expecting Limerick to be on as you say seven points three points for a win reminder in the ladies uh, football league so three two wins and a draw from three wouldn't be a bad start at all 
for uh, this Limerick group. Uh, top four spot is the target from the league phase and then uh, build from there. Uh, Matt, the final, I suppose, uh, on the field action to discuss in here this week is the minor camogie side. Uh, fortunately, bowed out uh, of the Munster competition last weekend in, uh, I, I'm told, pretty horrific conditions. Uh, the wind and rain had hit the uh, normally sunny southeast, uh, certainly not sunny this time of year, but uh, Waterford edging Limerick out in the minor camogie by three points uh, last Saturday. Yeah, one nine to one six. Um, oh, sorry, one seven to one four. Seven to one four. That was it. Yeah. Um, it was it was uh, Waterford had a very strong wind in the in the first half, and they led at halftime by one six to six at uh, one goal. Now Limerick rocked them as early as the sixth minute when Roisin O'Brien, after good uh, build up play by Poppy Gilton and Emma Mullins, um, got a, got um, got a goal and. Um, it rocked them a bit, but they, they recovered them by halftime. They'd established a 1-6 um, to 6-point at a one-goal lead. Now, <coughs> Limerick made early inroads into the lead in the second half, but Waterford dug, dug in, and Limerick had it reduced to 1-6 to 1-4 um, at one stage. Um, but Waterford got the last score of the game through him, if it's Gerald. And... Um, it put him a goal clear, but the Waterford goalkeeper, um, Caitlin Garner, made an absolutely stunning save um, in, in the very last minute, which would have either forced the game to extra time or forced it to a replay. Now, it was a full-length diving save, you know, full credit to the girl, fantastic save, and um, it, it meant that Limerick bowed out. And had they got through, it would be very, very interesting because Cork have dominated the, the Munster Minor Championship for years, but Cork were beaten in the other semi-final by Tipperary by nine points to six in the rag. Right, so the door was so open. Yeah, they would have been advancing to um to beat to to meet uh, and beat hopefully Tipperary had had they got through. But like they've going into the All Ireland series, which will be starting, I suppose, in the next four weeks, um, they, they've got two very good games under their belts. Um, they have beaten Clare, who would be roughly around the same level as as Limerick, and they've come so close to beating Waterford, who would be slightly a notch above them. So it augurs well, Tom. For 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 they they, they will be in the All Ireland Minor A Shield competition, which is the second tier of the championship, and um, uh, in which they were beaten in the All Ireland final last year by Antrim. But yeah. um, they, 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 having those two games um, will be a very, 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 very useful and very beneficial to them. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I suppose uh, difficult this time of year to, to find the scores to win those games. But unfortunately, it was Waterford who just uh, did enough. Obviously, low scoring fair, reflective of uh, perhaps the weather. But I'm sure no shortage of endeavour from the Limerick side. Matt, I think that... Brings us to a conclusion this week, unless there's uh, we were discussing super value this time last week. So um, unless <laughs> there's any other uh, ills of the uh, the Gaelic games world out there, but uh, I think uh, they've been fairly controversy free this week. I think. Yes, well, I think we're we're, we're pretty controversy free, yeah. Which <laughs> which is unusual. Like maybe you could say that the the the, the scrapping of the Munster Senior Hurling League had had an element of controversy to it, but. Um, I, you know, it, it was inevitable the way things were going. Tom. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I suppose that's uh, about our lot. So on Treaty Talk this week, we thanks you forever uh, as as ever for tuning in. 
and uh, this will be available across the all social media platforms. Do do share it with a friend who may be interested, and uh, we'll chat to you again very very soon.